Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Keep Right On podcast. This is a special, another special, our third of the week. We're reacting to the Wayne Rooney press conference, which happened at St Andrews on Thursday, discussing what unfolded there. You know, it was a it was a, a long, long press conference, forty five minutes. Gary Cook, CEO, was also there. A lot to discuss. Uh, Brian, I'm going to come to you straight away and just get your initial take on it. To be honest, because it was a uh, it was eventful, so at least a lot came out. Uh, my initial take is uh, it's lovely to be speaking to you again, Alex. I spent more time speaking to you this week than I have my own family. So that's, <laughs> that, that can only be a positive thing. Um, yeah, the other initial take was how full it was. And they really had their best cakes out, didn't they? There were, there were trays and trays of cakes uh, for a room, that the press room at Blues, that really certainly the most full I've ever seen it. Um, and I guess we've said before, haven't we? That's all part of the media strategy and the the uh, the messages that Gary Cook and Wayne Rooney are trying to disseminate really are going out loud and clear at the moment, aren't they? Because they have the ear of not just the local press or the national press, but in some respects, you know, part of the world press as well. So, yeah, I think that that is the biggest takeaway is is just how amplified um, the and the the sort of the public the PR opportunity uh, that mm. that Blues have got at the moment, and you know that speaks to why they got Rain, Wayne Rooney in, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I counted, did a quick head count before the press conference started, and there were thirty over thirty journalists in the in the room. Um, I said to you beforehand, and I'm sure this experience is the same for you last season covering the club. In that, you know, pretty much every Thursday when I go down to Henley and Arden, there's three journalists, external media there. Um, sometimes four if you get the uh, the TV crew as well. So, you know, it was a completely different world yesterday. You know, the eyes of the world were on Birmingham City. Um, it was it was big, big and bold. And, you know, as you said about the cakes, they're obviously trying to keep these people there. How long it lasts, I'm not sure, you know, because uh, the national press going to be interested in coming to speak to Wayne Rooney about Birmingham City's fortunes before they play Hall City at home in two weeks' time. Um I'm not so sure, but you know, at the moment, there's there's clearly a big interest as far as Wayne Rooney goes. Um, and going on to the press conference, I thought he came across quite well, although he was struggling with a fair bit of jet lag from from that flight back from Washington DC. And I thought Gary Cook, who opened it up, um, you know, with a five minute speech or so about Rooney and the departure of John Eustace, he does always come across quite polished and. And well, there are there are a lot of things to to get stuck into. Um, 
none more so than playing style, which was a, a big topic after that no fear football pledge in the statement that was uh, that was released early this week. Um, Brian, can you just give us your take on what both Messrs Cook and Rooney said about no fear football? Yeah, indeed. Um, so it it was thrown at him, wasn't it? It, it was mm. a you know it's. A, Whenever there's an announcement or a statement made uh, by, by a club, there's there's one phrase which tends to stick in the mind, uh, and, uh, and and this was the one that was thrown back um, by a national journalist. And, and I thought, you know, I thought I'd have a dig as well. Um, so Gary Cook was asked asked what no fear meant, and uh, he he spoke. <laughs> he got a little bit snippy, I thought, um, and and he, he spoke about. You know, not just less about the footballing side of things, um, which we'll come on to, but more about the the approach of the club, mm. and you know, be, being being allowed to dream big, and you know, not thinking that maybe shaking the mindset of this is Birmingham City, this is all all we deserve, or this is what we usually have to settle for. You know, really thinking big. You know, there was there was no no one was hiding the fact that that, that they want Blues back in the Premier League. Um, no, Cook was Cook talked about you know changing not just the club but the city and the area as well. Um, so yeah, he was yeah he got a little bit snippy with that. Uh, and then just just as the the conversation was about to move on, I thought it was important to ask um, ask Rooney what no fear actually meant when it came to eleven blokes on the pitch. Mm. Uh, now it, there was there was a little bit of a sort of a stampede for the next question. And normally I do defer, um, you know, when 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 you were very forceful. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know, I, th- I think had the moment had the moment passed, we may never have got, got back there. Mm. So I wanted to, I I did ask Wayne, what does that actually mean when you take your team to Middlesbrough on Saturday week? What does no fear mean? Uh, and I thought he gave a really good answer. You thought he was a little bit um, salty, didn't you? Um, with, with with that question. Yeah, just just in general over the over the the subject of no fear football because um, there was there was clearly you know people wanted wanted Gary Cook to speak about it and then Wayne Rooney clearly wanted to give his own take on it um, because I suppose it's difficult for him because he he's now going to be tasked with bringing no fear football whatever that is and that that yeah. statement itself is always going to be you know connected to him because he is the manager who has been brought in to do that. Um, I thought, like you said, his answer was really good in that, you know, it's it's about giving the players the courage to to play forward passes from midfield, to take risks, uh, to get into the box, to do all the things he would have done as a player. Um, in terms of playing style, that was the first thing he said. I want, ideally, I want my team to, to play how I did. Um, I'm not sure he's got the players with the ability to do that because, you know, let's be honest, Wayne Rooney was probably a top five player of his generation for consistency over over a period of time. But, um, you know, he also said he feels like these players have had the handbrake on in some games. They've played within themselves. And I thought that was really interesting because I think that's a way a lot of us have felt. Um, that isn't a slight on John Eustace in any way. I think he set the team up how he wanted to play. And, you know, it worked. He got them to six in the league. They did well. The results were quite good. But I think in the, the two games last week where Blues beat Huddersfield and West Bromwich Albion, you know, especially Huddersfield quite comfortably, you know, we saw the handbrake come off. We saw players like Koji Miyoshi and Sariki Dembele 
um, who are, in my opinion, the club's two outstanding players. Um, you know, we saw them taking risks, taking people on, exciting fans. Um, and that's probably, you know, judging by what Rooney said in his first press conference, what we're going to see more of. We're going to see attacking football and, um, you know, how that looks at the moment. I'm not quite sure. Can Blues go to Middlesbrough and play that way and get a result? We don't know. Um, but it's going to be going to be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, the phrase you use there, playing with a handbrake on, and the, and the phrase he used, which was playing within themselves. Mm. Um, I kind of get that in a way, don't you? You, mm. you know, I, I, I am, I, I'm a fan of John Eustace's. Uh, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm more comfortable having heard Rooney speak now about this, or, or, although, you know, I still don't like the way it was handled. But I do, you know, I do see what he meant by, by you know, by playing within themselves. Maybe it, maybe it was not making the run into the box. Maybe it was like a massive emphasis shape above everything. Mm. Um, and then, you know, getting getting the ball into the to the skill players in the final third and seeing what they could produce. Um, so yeah, I, I'll be listen. No fear. And, and making those runs into the final box and take it, taking those extra touches and playing those forward passes, there will be a defensive price to pay for that, won't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I think the key thing in Utah's setup and the way Blues have played so far this season is that it has almost been a flat back four at times. Um, when Laird played at the start of the season, he was quite advanced, but you almost sacrificed a right winger who was more of a central midfielder to make that happen. So when Blues attacked, it became a 3-5-2, essentially, or a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, you know, in recent weeks, when Laird hasn't been playing, we've had Cody Drummer, who's more of a natural defensive right-back, in my opinion. Mm. And when Lee Buchanan was at left-back, it was very much a back four. Um, you know, at the moment, it's Manny Langello at left-back and, and Cody Drummer at right-back. So... Langello especially, there's, there's, you could take the handbrake off him. And um, I was speaking to to someone yesterday about how how beneficial Ashley Cole could be to developing Manny Langello because we all know what a talented player he is. But you know, can he improve defensively? Yes. Can he become a better left back? Yes. So you know that that can only benefit him. But there are the two holding midfield players as well. You know, mm. both very defensively minded. Can one of them? Probably Sunyic to drop out the team occasionally and bring, you know, Bakuna in there who's going to be more progressive with the ball. Um, but yeah, I think at times this season it has felt like Blues have been a back six, seven if you include uh, John Ruddy, and four creative players up front trying to score a goal. Um, I think we'll probably see a little bit more um, attacking intent. I think there'll be more more to go with that. Um, but the problem is you've got to find the balance, as you've said. You don't want you know, it to become two halves, five and five, where you've got five players going forward and five back trying to defend it. You've got to play as a team and you've got to have cohesion all over the field. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes, but I'm, I'm interested to see how he sets Blues up and whether it is the same shape and, and formation yeah. as Eustace, because I think you're probably going to need to, to sacrifice one of the holding players if you're going to go more attacking. I was just going to say that actually. I wonder mm. if if you might go for a for a three, mm. you know, and and then give give the wing backs Longello potentially could be a sensational wing back, couldn't he? Mm. With Lee Buchanan as a left sided uh, central defender, 
Um, I wonder if he could go with a three, you, you know, and make it an attacking, uh, have an attacking mind, mindset to that. Um, you know, you can imagine, hopefully, if and when Laird's fit, you know, Longello and Laird with licence to get mm. forward. And yes, three central defenders smacks of, you know, being conservative, but it certainly wouldn't in, in that situation. And then, you know, if, it, if it's Bielik, who's who's the one holding player, um, you know, we know he can sort of drop in as well and, and, and you know, he even plays an auxiliary centre-half when, when needed. So, yeah, because Rooney did play a three at times in with DC United as well, didn't he? Yeah, and he played a three at Derby as well. And he mentioned when he was at Derby that Lee Buchanan, he likes the idea of playing him as a left-sided centre-back. So right. that's definitely something. Um, whether it, I don't know what it would be. Would it be a 3-4-3 three, three or a 3-5-2? I think Blues have probably got the players to go with a 3-4-3 three, because three, then yeah. you could you could potentially even have the two the two sitting midfield players to give you that bit of protection with your wing-backs flying forward and your front three as well. So um, he did play a, a back three quite a bit. At, uh, at DC United, I spoke to the uh, the Washington Post reporter Stephen Goff the other day, and um, he he actually mentioned a few really interesting things in that Rooney played a back three, and he also he asked a lot of his goalkeeper in that his goalkeeper would play very high up, um, you know, as almost like a sweeper keeper. A lot of teams, you know, we've seen do that. I think Manchester United did it quite well with David de Gea at times. Um, and it is what it works, you know. Edison does it for Man City as well. Whether Blues have got the goalkeeper for that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's something John Murray would be comfortable with. He's, I don't think he's played like that a lot in his career. Um, Neil Etheridge as well. But that's something to think about, you know. If Blues are going to play a high line with the with the goalkeeper behind them, um, with sweeping up. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he sets Blues up in that first game because he's only got he's only got a week, so you'd think that maybe he won't want to change too much. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he'll, what, how much he'll mm. change. Um, you know, he could, he could throw the baby out with a bathwater. I'm, I'm prepared to believe both extremes. To be honest with you, mm. I'm prepared to believe that it, it could be, you know, a totally different setup with, you know, maybe with quite a lot of different personnel. Um, with an emphasis on on possession and and passing forward and you know do, a high line and dominating the ball, or it could be a, this has got us to six. I'll I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll put my own flavour into into what what Eustace has done, um, but uh, but I won't massively change the recipe just yet. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I could I could believe both. I really could, uh, which sort of brings me to to a point I wanted to make about, you know, anything we felt was a misstep yesterday. Now, I thought on the whole, as you said, you used a good word for Cook, Gary Cook, was that he was polished. Um, mm. On the whole, I thought Wayne Rooney was was excellent, really convincing. Um, I thought he's he came across as quite thoughtful, quite insightful about his football, very determined about his career, particularly when there was a talk about how he you know, could have gone to Saudi Arabia. Mm. And, and you've done a piece today saying that Gary Cook tried to tempt him to Saudi Arabia. Um, and he's just said that wasn't for me. And he was quite respectful around guys like Stephen Gerrard who've, who've gone there and, you know, who maybe to regain some managerial confidence or to, you know, obviously boost their bank balance or whatever. But, yeah. but, Rooney suggested that he he was he wanted to be sort of in the in the teeth or in in the kitchen where the, where the, where the kitchen is hottest or in the teeth of the of the of the gale in in terms of um in terms of his managerial career. 
and I, I, I could do nothing but respect that, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, he may turn out to be a great manager or he might not, but he's certainly given it his all, isn't he, for a, for a man who's, let's be honest, he's earned enough in football that he doesn't necessarily need this hassle. He could quite easily go and take the take the sort of the, the quiet road uh, and, and you know, re- and just retire and spend time with his family. So, yeah, I, I was very, very impressed by that. The, the one thing I would have liked to have seen certainly more so from Gary Cook, but also a little bit from Wayne, was a little bit more grace towards Eustace. Now, I will get over John Eustace at some point, I promise. <laughs> you know, I know the world has to keep keep going on. But the fact is, he has given Blues a platform. And Gary Cook did say, to be fair to Cook, that, uh, in, you know, Tom Wagner and, and White and Knighthead wouldn't even have bought Blues, but had, had John Eustace not, not done so well. But just looking at the stats of all the BSH managers, John Eustace ended up with the with the highest win percentage of, of the eight managers they had. So, and and I think he's he's done what what all managers say they want to do is he left a team or a squad in a better position than it was when he when he took over. So it would have been just been nice had Rooney said, you know, credit to John, he's laid some really good foundations here. Um, but yeah, that's that's just. Yeah, that's that. Just a personal opinion, and I will stop prattling on about John Eustace very soon. Now, what what were your thoughts? Did was there any any other tone that you'd have, you know, liked to have been struck, or an, another comment, or anything? Mm, I, I think we, it was a lot of what we expected. To be honest, the 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 most interesting thing, striking thing about the Eustace situation was um, when Gary Cook was asked about it again. I think in the the written section of the press conference, he. He was quite clear and said, I'm not saying John Eustace isn't ambitious. It was just that, you know, it, his ambitions weren't the same as ours. I think from speaking to Eustace over the last, you know, six months or whatever, and especially since Knighted have come in, he hasn't, he's constantly like stressed, you know, that the club have great ambitions and things like that. But he's probably always been reluctant to talk about, you know, the P word, um, promotion. And yeah. Rooney wasn't. That was the one thing that, you know, he was he was clear on, you know, I want to get this club promoted in the near future, I think were his exact words. And, you know, when you're Knighthead and you're Gary Cook and, you know, Gary Cook's never been shy in revealing his ambitions, I think, let's be honest. Um, you probably don't want to, to hear your manager each week, you know, when you're sixth in the league, you know, saying they're going to be difficult times and things and how it's a long season and things. Which, you know, it is. And there are going to be those challenges. You know, Wayne really might not win in his first five games or something. But the club want to aim big. And, you know, from watching yesterday's press conference and seeing Gary Cook sat next to Wayne Rooney, it's quite clear that those two are aligned in how they're thinking. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, they're going to be at this stage, aren't they? But Mm. uh, what, interestingly, Gary Cook did speak about that quite a long relationship you mm. know Gary Cook as a as a in his executive role uh with 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 Nike um and the boot deals that you know he was part of when Rooney was a was a, a teenager 16 year old I think he said didn't he um yeah. so these these two guys you know they're clearly what's Rooney now 37 so sounds like they've known each other for 20 years you know um so there's not going to be much much space between them you know they get they are they are going to be shoulder by shoulder um make no mistake about this 
you know, if this goes wrong, and we all clearly, dearly hope it doesn't, but if this mm. goes wrong, Gary Cook is Gary Cook will be taking the lion's share of the flack for this. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's he sat next to him yesterday, and it's quite clear that he is he's Gary Cook's man, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, he mentioned that he would have, as you touched on earlier, that he would have taken wanted to take him to Saudi Arabia when he was the CEO of the Saudi Pro League. Um, quite a fondness for Wayne Rooney, clearly. He did also mention, though, you know, that it would be, you know, that it is ultimately professional and that Wayne Rooney's got a job to do here. And to be fair, Cook was very, uh, very strong in some of the things he was saying about Rooney's job as well and that, you know, he's got to deliver and stuff. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that first game at Middlesbrough now. And also the one against Toll, it's a three-game week straight away, isn't it? So, you yeah, know, yeah. he's gonna be straight in, straight in into it. Um, yeah, it was it was it was an interesting dynamic. Um I thought they came out of it as well as they could have, you know, in the circumstances. It wasn't it wasn't like like you mentioned to me the other day that when when Zola took over from Rowett in twenty sixteen, he was kind of hung out to dry, wasn't he? You know, Cook was there to protect his man, I suppose. Um not that he needed protecting, but um, but yeah, it, it was an interesting one, and uh, and yeah, I think I want to move on to the another another interesting point from that press conference in the transfers. Um, and I asked Gary Cook, you know, directly whether Rooney will have the final say on transfers, and he he basically said there's a there's a much th- bigger thing to it, um, you know, with the committee, and obviously we know Craig Garner's heavily involved in that, and he was praised significantly by Cook for his work in the summer and also by Rooney for his work in the summer as well. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, but, you know, Gary Cook said, I think his exact words were that it would be professionally like, professionally naive not to listen to the manager, um, you know, when it comes to transfer. So I think we can safely presume by that that Wayne Rooney he's, is going to have the controlling say on where and how Blues strengthen uh, in upcoming transfer windows, obviously with Craig Garden and the recruitment team, you know, searching and putting names to them. Yeah. Well, you've used the phrase all in, haven't you, uh, on, mm. on, on the Rooney appointment? And yeah. part of being all in is giving Wayne Rooney what he wants. And if if Rooney comes to Cook or Gardner and, and says, I want player X or I want this type of player, then they're absolutely duty bound to give it in. They they are, <laughs> the phrase you use is, is perfect. They they are all in. Mm. Um, interest. I, I think we came away with with slightly different impressions when uh, when Gary Cook was asked how, how much money there is to spend in January. I felt that he sort of spoke around that and, and he, he sort of talked more about the FFP constraints than he did about... Mm. You know, yes, we're going for promotion, and we're, we're going to give Wayne Wayne what he wants. Um, bearing in mind that Blues do still have a uh, you know an FFP situation to be mindful of. You know, they've got three, four or five big contracts that will come off the books in the summer. Mm. So you know, Rooney and the rest of them will presumably have more breadth and opportunity to, to really shape what they want to do in the summer. But I don't think personally there's a huge amount of wriggle room at the moment for January. Um, that said, Cook also spoke spoke about the uh, the other side of the FFB FFP uh, equation, which is not how much you're spending, but it's how much you're bringing in. 
mm. uh, which go to determine the losses. And he, so he spoke a lot, a lot about the re- about the revenues and, it, and increasing the revenues, and the money they could spend would be around the fringes of the first squad in in terms of you know the infrastructure and the medical side of it, and maybe the you know the data analysis side of it, and 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 that that side of things. Did you feel differently about that about Cook's answer to, to what's going to happen in January? Not massively, but he did make the point about revenues, and um, we know that Wayne Rooney is going to drive revenue himself. Um, you know, oh, having we've Wayne, seen that already, haven't we? Right, ex- exactly. So having Wayne Rooney on board um, is only going to bring you know more commercial partners to the table in their new. I think they call it the alliance, the the hub they've created at the stadium to to host these people. So, you know, Wayne Rooney could essentially make his own kitty. Um, I was I was saying to you yesterday, you know, there's no such thing as a as a transfer war chest anymore in the championship, is it? What's a what's a big budget for a championship club these days? Like ten million. Um, you know, remember back in the day when when clubs are getting relegated from the Premier League and spending fifty to eighty million. Yeah. Um, simply doesn't happen anymore. You know, Blues have had their time of trying that in in 2017 when they spent around 30 I think and you know we all know how badly that that went and the club of are still just about feeling the pain of that now so I think these guys are going to be more prudent I think they're going to be sensible um but I do I I get the impression that they're going to do everything they can to give him something in January um whether it's a striker whether it's a more creatively creative midfielder um, I'm not sure, but I, I think they'll, they'll give him something. I don't think he would have. I th- I think the impression I got yesterday was that Rooney wants to challenge promotion this season. And I think he'll he'll want all that back in 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 January. If if there's a chance, you know, if they're in the top six come December, I think they'll go as hard as they can. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I, I've been absolutely. Scarred over the last few years by the 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 consequences of going too hard and missing out. Um, mm. So you know, I, I'm quite risk averse when it when it comes to you know jeopardising the uh, the. This is the, this is the no fear philosophy, though, Brian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm the thirty percent that resistant to change that Gary Cook was talking about. So uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You are right. It, you're all in, aren't you? I've said you use your mm-hmm. phrase again that they're all in, and and if it goes well, then it'll be absolutely fantastic. And let, he also said if somebody asked him about, um, you know, we've been here before, haven't we, with with, with Zola? Mm. And he said if you if you look back, all you do all you do is is you know reflect on the past, and you if you if you look forward, then you, you have more chance of hitting your ambitions and your goals. So yes. Okay, maybe it comes down to to perception of risk, and and maybe it comes down to me schlepping up around up and down the country, watching the team in FFP trouble for eight years. But you know, there we go. Um, we've interestingly we uh, at Birmingham Live we 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 ran a poll, uh, a supportive poll. M- many of you might have seen it in the articles that that uh, Alex has, has been putting together, asking some questions about the the change of management. Uh, um, and uh, it's given us some quite interesting, um, <laughs> well, really quite stark results, actually. Um, so, the, so the questions were whether, uh, centred around whether the owners were right to sack John Eustace, uh, whether people will believe that Wayne Rooney um, will be a success, 
um, um, whether it's whether the decision to change the management has has given given supporters greater confidence in in um, in the owners, uh, and the results are conclusive. Uh, we've had over over a thousand responses already. Seventy-six uh, percent said that the owners weren't right to sack John Eustace. Sixty-nine uh, percent said they didn't believe Rooney would be a success, and seventy-two uh, percent said they didn't have greater confidence in the owners as a result of this. So, you know, as regards to the PR battle, there's clearly work to be done on that, <coughs> isn't there? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm I, not massively surprised by these results, to be fair, because I think most of us, ourselves included, when that decision was taken, um, we probably thought it was harsh, fair to say. I yeah. mean, you know, you has the team in have the team in sixth to get sacked. You are very, very unfortunate. So I'm not surprised by that. Um, with regards to Rooney being a success, as I've said previously, so difficult to judge what he's done in his managerial career so far. I know he's managed three years, but you know, DC United probably didn't do as well as he should have. Um, but at the same yeah. time, you know, he's he's developed his coaching skills and, and what have you over there and kept kept in the game, kept busy when he oh, could yeah. have been out when he could have been out of work after leaving Derby. Yeah, um, and all be, albeit all MLS franchises were not created equal, were they? Um, exactly, exactly. You know, I know there's a salary cap which suggests that everyone's on the on the same playing field, but I think reading your piece with Steve Goff mm. was a suggestion that, you know, DC United weren't necessarily the the, the most well-heeled um club in 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 that competition. No, they're they're a thrifty club, he said. Um, they don't spend much money at all. So, so yeah. Um, with regards to Derby Counter, we all know what a disaster that club was when Wayne Rooney was the manager of it. So, this is this is you know is the acid test of his managerial career, really, of, of his credentials. Uh, can Wayne Rooney go into a Championship club that is sixth in the league, and you know keep them there? He said himself that he wants to wants to get promotion in the near future. Blues have the squad to compete. I wrote that after they they beat West Bromwich Albion last week. You know they have the squad built for built yeah. to last the last the time. Really, you know they've had six players out for for a lot of this season, and they are still in the mix. You know there are huge players to come back. Ethan Laird was one of Blues' best players in the opening weeks of the season. Um, Sariki Dembele, we've barely seen anything of him. Uh, Tyler Roberts, when he gets on the field, we know how good he can be at championship level. Um, George Hall, arguably, well, actually not arguably, he is the best young player Blues have had since Jude Bellingham. Um, there is so much talent to come back. Um, this, this is it, really. You know, Wayne Rooney's got to got to deliver. He knows that. You know, he he wants to be a Premier League manager. He wants to have, probably have the same managerial career that he had as a player. This is the start of that. And I actually admire the way he's gone about it, you know, in not going to Saudi Arabia and not taking that that cash. Because let's be honest, Wayne Rooney could have gone there for a, a year or two, earned a ridiculous amount of money, and then he could still have come back and got a good job in the Championship or probably low Premier League. So I think mm. he's done it the right way and learned his trade by going to, you know, lesser clubs in, in Derby and DC and he's landed a better job now. Um, whether he deserves that job, is irrelevant at this point, to be honest, because he's got it, um, and you know he's got the chance to succeed at Blues, and, and I'm hoping that he does, to be honest. 
Just another couple of takeaways from the polls, and we'll move on to a couple of questions. Um, 47% of people felt the biggest thing that Wayne Rooney had to get right was winning over the fans, and that was by far the largest, um, the most pop- most popular response. So half of the half of the Blues fans feel that, that Rooney's biggest task is is to win them over. Uh, and just on on where people felt that Blues would now finish this season, only two percent felt that they would get promoted. Um, 43%, which again was the, was the very, was the by far the biggest, um, answer, the most popular answer, uh, felt it would be mid table. Um, happily only 19% were tipping relegation battle. So it, that's progress, you know? Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> There's I mean, me dream, me dreaming big again. <laughs> <laughs> as far as mid table goes though, we'd have all taken that at the start of the season, wouldn't we? I think, um, you know, not knighthead. No, no, not, not knighthead. Um, but I think that was probably the problem with 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 Eustace and that he he might have thought this season the top twelve finish was was progress on last season because the club finished seventeenth and battled relegation for a chunk of it, having battled relegation for probably six, seven years. So um Knighted are clearly thinking bigger. Um and you know, why shouldn't they? They've bought the club. That's that's fair enough. What was the other one you mentioned there, Brian? Oh, win over the fans. Win over the fans. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's an interesting one. Um, and it's probably come about because fans are obviously disgruntled that Eustace, who, let's be honest, was a was a universally popular manager when inside St Andrews. Um, you know, he was he was you know, there were scenes of him celebrating against Plymouth and scenes of him celebrating against West Bromwich Albion and the amount of times they were shared on social media with people, you know, saying positive things about him, you know, our manager, that sort of thing. He's he's clearly a popular figure. Um and that probably stems a little bit from from the upset of Eustace leaving, I think. Um, yeah, this yeah. is football. Let's be honest; it's a it's a fickle game. You know, fans can be fickle, journalists can be fickle. Uh, I think that if if Rooney comes in, and hits the ground running, you know, no one's going to be, you know, having a pop that Eustace was sacked yeah, three yeah. games ago. If Rooney wins three games and Blues are a third in the league all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's worth pointing out that poll did go live on Monday. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the feeling would have been quite raw yeah. at that stage. And I think having watched him yesterday in his press conference, yeah, I, I, I suspect more fans have been have been won over. Uh, which leads us to a couple of uh, uh, interesting questions um, that, that you've highlighted from from our social media channels. I think uh, Steve Poole um, said he was glad that Gary Cook uh, readdressed his disrespectful comments about John Eustace. Um, we keep reading about a new technical director, but yesterday he was re- he referred to Craig Gardner numerous times. Is he going? I mean, the answer to that is clearly not, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, that was what I was told earlier this week. I think there was a story about Blues looking for a new a new sporting director, and I was told that wasn't the case, and that that Craig Gardner obviously is very well well thought of by Knighthead. I think we need to reference what Tom Wagner said about Craig Gardner when the takeover was confirmed in July, I think three months today when we're recording, July 13th, yeah. um, in that Craig Gardner was absolutely key in, in the final stages of getting that deal over the line. So they owe him a debt. He he also delivered in the summer with 13 new signings, many of whom have hit the ground running. So uh, Gary Cook referenced his work and clearly... invited as well. His, yeah. yeah. Yeah, clearly quite impressed with his work. So I imagine Craig Gardner will just carry on, carry on as normal. To be honest, I can't see anything other than that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, certainly, that's, that's 
that's the direction all the narrative is, is pointing yeah. in. Um, Swayno, hi Swayno, hope you're well. Um, is it fair to say that disappointment is a gamble? Um, the initial payoff is the PR, the brand development and the financial gains through sponsorship. So if Rooney fails to deliver, deliver the footballing results, will the gamble have been worth it considering the huge off-field benefits? I mean, that is, where do we start? That is an enormous question. Is it a gamble? It is a I gamble. Think, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a huge gamble. Uh, we, we said this throughout the week. It's a, it's a big gamble in terms of on the pitch. Um, off the pitch, it's not a gamble because they're going to make money from, from appointing Wayne Rooney as manager. You know, they'll be, I think there was, I was reading earlier in the week that there's going to be kind of commercial benefits for him because obviously he's a massive commercial name in his own right and will probably want some of the uh, the proceeds that, that come Blue's way from, from appointing him and that's only right. Um, but yeah, on the field success is more important to us as journalists and fans because we all want to see the club do well. Um, but commercially in the eyes of the club, I don't think they will view it as be a gamble as we will because they will be looking at it beyond what Rooney does on the football pitch or with the team on the football pitch. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it does. Um, yeah, uh, I think if Rooney... F Look, there's two ways of making the club profitable, isn't there? There's there's greasing the financial wheels and the corporate wheels and the, and the revenue streams at, at the club is one way of doing it and and getting lucky and having a great season and going up into the Premier League as, as Luton maybe have done. That's not to dismiss that all the planning that's gone in there. That's that's the other that's the other way of, of doing it as well. Um I think Cook and Knighthead would say that if you it's more sustainable if you can increase sort of the turnover and and the mm. phys physical size, the financial size of Birmingham City, that then all feeds back into the money that can go into the playing side, doesn't it? Yeah, Luton are a great example, actually, Brian, because uh, Luton were one of two teams John Eustace regularly referenced in that we can be the next Luton sort of thing, you know, Luton or Coventry, because they were the teams that got to the playoffs last year, probably not with the biggest budgets in the world, and Luton obviously got to the Premier League. Um, but are Luton a sustainable Premier League club? I, I, I've not seen much in their opening games in the, in the, in the top flight to suggest they are. Um, you know, it's it's incredibly difficult, probably more difficult than ever to be a championship club and get to the Premier League and stay there now for a number of years, purely because if you are a Premier League club, instantly you're getting a hundred million a season from TV money. And yeah. clubs that have been there six, seven years already have got six hundred, seven hundred million pounds. You know, going up for one season isn't enough these days. You're just gonna come back down and struggle to compete with the the other clubs that come down, so we're looking at it already this season. The you know Leicester are potentially running away with the league already with I think ten wins from eleven. Hmm. Um, I'm not convinced Ipswich are going to have the squad to sustain second place. So instantly you're looking down and who are the teams that are kind of in those playoff places that that are strong, very strong. And you look at Southampton and Leeds, don't you? Because those two teams haven't really got going yet. Mm. Um, and when they do get going, you would presume that one of them is going to take second. So, you know, you've got two teams that have come down that are, that are going straight back up. So the point I'm trying to make is that I think Knighthead want Blues not to just get up and come back down. They want Blues to have the commercial power to to stay there and, you know, 
to do that, you need probably big names in big positions and and it all kind of makes sense why they've appointed Wayne Rooney for that respect. I think it's it's very harsh on Johnny Eustace, don't get me wrong, but they probably looked at it in that he wasn't their man and that he wasn't a big enough name to to attract the the corporate sponsors that are now going to be falling over themselves to to get get involved with Rooney's brand. Yeah, indeed, um, which is probably a good place to wrap it up because one thing we can all agree on is that Birmingham City are a, a, a higher profile, bigger corporate entity now than they have been for some time. And, and that's just that's come about with one managerial change. And it re, re, they're all in. It's a really exciting time to be all in. And if this goes well, it could be. An, and I think we do need to do what Gary Cook says and, and look at the positives now. If this goes well, it could could be a masterstroke, and the prospect of watching Wayne Rooney's Blues play their way to promotion, you know, it's 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 spine tingling just even to say that sentence. To be honest with you, because it's really exciting. I will say quick before we go, thank you everyone for for following us over this week because three podcasts takes up a lot of a lot of time. And thanks for tuning to all the coverage online. If you do want to leave a review on on Spotify, we'll be we would greatly appreciate it. Good and bad, we're always looking for pointers. Um, we are really enjoying doing these as well and hopefully like Brian says exciting times for Birmingham City for, for Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City